I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. Welcome back to the Premier Non-League Podcast, episode 43 on a very, very cold January day. Trevor and Chris, are you all wrapped up? Are you nice and warm? Lovely. Warm as toast. I am now, yeah. Uh, actually, sorry, um, who's that in the other corner of the screen? Jesus, Pete survived man flu, guys. Can you believe it? He's, <laughs> here, to tell, he's here to tell the tale. Peter, happy new year, mate. Firstly. Thank you. Did you have a nice Christmas? No shit. What did, <laughs> language? Well, we're not on the radio anymore. Radio shows, whatever. We don't care. We don't need to say it anymore. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, can you tell? I, I'm like a dog with a bone sometimes. I don't let things go, Pete. You know that, anyway. Um, yeah, I know that. Did Mandy give you lots of chicken soup and give you lots of back rubs to make you feel better? No, no, no. Well, that's not a surprise. But you're, you're on the men now. And you're feeling better. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine now. I, I was. I've never. It beat me up. It really did beat me up. I thought I was knocking on heaven's door. To be honest. Well, we have mm. said it, haven't we? There's this, um, this, this sort of flurry, coldy thing that's been going around the last couple of months. It sort of it lingered with me for about a month. It wasn't that bad. And I think Trev, you had it for a bit, didn't you? Didn't you have a little bit of cold for a bit? No, you, you. Oh, there you go. Was it? Was it Gaz? No, it was Gaz, wasn't it? Yeah, Gaz had a bit. Yeah, Gaz had it. That was yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's maybe why he's not on well. tonight. Maybe he's the man flu's taking him over again. But Gaz isn't <laughs> here tonight. Um, guys, but you can tell. Here. You can tell I was ill though because I missed four Worthing games. Yeah, and that's, that's true. That's, yeah. that's unheard of. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's uh, totally yeah. unheard of. Yeah, and he didn't you, ask if I just—I just, I just thought you were huffed. You what? Huffed. Huffed. <laughs> and, and he didn't—he didn't ask me to do the commentary. Are you surprised? <laughs> it's a bit rude, really, isn't it? Like I, mean, I could have could have done it, but he didn't—he didn't obviously want yeah, to. Like, he didn't want to, He didn't want yeah. me to double the listeners and then them drop again as soon as he came back. You know, no, so. no, no. I didn't want you upsetting my fan base. That's what it was. <laughs> what, the, the northern, the northern, um, the northern Worthing supporter in South Shields, Mister. What's his name again? Whale, Mister Whale. Who I don't think Chris actually knows, do you? We've asked you before. I don't think you know who he is, do you? No, Mister Who? James Whale. <laughs> I've heard of him. Yeah, he's only he young. Seemed, he seems to what he seems to listen to more Worthing games than actually South Shields games. But you know, yeah, maybe. Um, I've heard <laughs> of him. Um, I think he's quite opinionated. If, if oh, I, is if, if from what I can gather, don't know of him. Don't I don't know him, but I'm, I've heard of him. Heard of him. He's got a reputation that precedes him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough of James Well. It's not the James Well podcast. Anyway. We're back for episode 33, and guys, as, as per usual in our... 43, not 33. 43, 33, I can't even... So it's that cold outside. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Sweden right now. It's even colder than back home. Uh, it smells like Ikea meatballs and all that. <laughs> anyway, um, as as per usual, as I said to Trev just before we came on air, it's been a busy two weeks again in the world of non-league. 
And as I'm talking about warming my cockles up with my hotel room here, there's been a lot of cockle warming needed on some of these pitches around the non-league world, hasn't there? Because mm. guys, there's barely been any football in the last couple of weeks. We've still got loads to talk about. I mean, we managed to get through a whole year of COVID with barely any football. So we're sure we can do a couple of weeks without barely any football. Mm. But what's happening? What's going on? Seems to be worse than ever. Global warming and all that. I think, mm. called, I think it might be called the weather. Yeah, but it's even worse winter. than ever. Yeah. It is, it, it's called winter. So it is allowed to be called in winter. But do we think it's just it just seems to be incessant? And some of these clubs, I mean, I'm going to say it, and I don't really care. Dover Athletic, oh. they need to something needs to be done. I, this is where I think again we we said this so many times. Clubs get away with this too much. It happened to Worthing. When was it, Pete? Was it December, beginning of December? Yeah. Uh, where the last pulled, cold snap. Yeah. Where the club pulled up to the ground. I think about one o'clock in the afternoon, one fifteen. And they decided to call it off then and there, knowing full well, and their fans said that in the morning, the pitch was unplayable. They've had reputation of doing this before. And then they did it this weekend, past gone, when haven't haven't Waterlooville, who are even further away than Worthing from um, Dover, turned up, called it off again. I mean, something's got to be done here, guys. Something's got to be done, because this is costing the club's money. Can the league not step in? This is... Yeah, this is the tough one. This is the tough one, isn't it? Because I know Dover weren't the only guilty party on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. there, there, there was a few of us. Um, I think me and me and Trev had a great brief little chat about it, mm-hmm. and you know what 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 can be done. Um, I spoke to the finance director at Worthing on Saturday, and I was talking about the postponements and you know sort of saying what 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 can be done about this, and. The, the only thing we could come up with, and it would have to be, you'd have to look at the forecast well in advance mm-hmm. um, for coach travel and everything. But if someone's got a 4G pitch compared to somebody else or whatever, maybe if you haven't already played each other, reversing the picture fixture just to get the game on. But you'd have mm-hmm. to know early in the week and see the, a long-range forecast to say, right, it's it's going to be you know minus temperatures for a week plus. Mm-hmm. Can, can we Can we do something? Problem with that, thing, Pete, is that anyway. it's always around this time. So normally, one of the fixtures has been played already. That's yeah. the issue. That, that, that's that's the difficult part. Yeah, if the, if you know you've you've already had your your home fixture to save you going away, but yeah, it's such that, it's though, such a difficult one. Though. Yeah, match officials as well. Yeah, if you if yeah. you switch it, say for example, yourselves and Chippenham at the weekend hadn't played each other, but you wanted to switch it to Woodside Road, obviously because of the three G four G surface. Your match officials are probably based somewhere down that kind of way. You're then going to incur an extra charge for them coming up the other end of the country as well. So that on itself, I mean, roughly I'd like to say, and I, I, I don't like to defend Dover too much because they do get some crap and everything, but um, clubs have got no say. The referee makes the final decision. doesn't matter what level you are, whether you're step five, one, two, three, or four, or six. The clubs can advise... Yeah through the day, which is what Barnet did last week against Yeovil. The match referee decided not to come and inspect until he turned up. And point with that as well, the match official we had Tuesday night is based in Bournemouth. So, you know, are the mm. National League expecting a part-time referee, because they're not full-time in the National League, I don't think. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But they're expecting him to go up and make a pitch inspection at half past three, four o'clock and then sit around for two or three hours before he's actually due to be at the home ground before it happens. It's not going to happen. 
But Trev, can't got... they get a local FA affiliated referee to come yeah, early on in do. the day? Like they you can. know, normally do. They can, but the match referee can still override Overall, that. Yeah. This is where you get the grey areas coming in, and this is where I've said as well that they even need to come up with a list of designated officials that can travel to a pitch inspection or are in that vicinity. They undertake it. Their word is final, regardless of the match referee, because. You look at Saturday as well. Torquay got to Boreham Wood. Referee called it off at two o'clock. Um, mm. Last Tuesday, I think it was, Kings Lynn got to Brackley and they were all inside the stadium when it was called off 50 minutes before kickoff. You just, mm. can't, you just can't have it happening. Yeah, Darlington, Darlington got to Banbury on Saturday. So Another one, yeah. But does it yeah. mean, though, that, okay, at the moment, as it stands, that's it, but do the Football Association... So the leagues need to get together and make a ruling that if a local referee is called in and they're sort of set guidance and steps out, the local referee is called in to make a decision at 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning before a lot of these teams might set off, then that mm-hmm. decision is final. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's because, my point of having yeah. the list of, of yeah, designated but, officials. But, but at the same time, like with our situation the weekends, <clears throat> we thought there's no way this is going to go ahead. There's, there's no way. No. Um, so, and I think fans, being a fan, I would rather know on the Friday that they look at the forecast. Some official goes to the pitch on the Friday. They look at, use their common sense, right? Uh, temperatures are only get, it's going to be minus four overnight. It's going to be four four degrees Celsius is going to be the high. Um, that that part of the pitch never gets any sunshine or whatever. It's never going to it's never going to defrost. And just use a bit of common yeah. sense. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's all. It's all. It's. I think that's all. Fans ask for. It's. It's just bloody common sense. Yeah, right. And I, I think the, the FA could. Probably, sorry, the FA could probably just step in and provide guidance and say, right, this is acceptable. Get a local official on a Friday, have a look at it, and see see if judging by Saturday's forecast, is it going to be playable or not? You know, and if it's if they go, oh, it's you know, it's it's thirty, you know, thirty seventy or whatever. With the game being off, then go with the seventy percent that it's going yeah. to be off, not the thirty percent that it might. There might be a chance it might, might get it on, because at least fans can make alternative alternative arrangements and do some hours with their day rather than spending money on travel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then having to get refunds for tickets, you know, they might not be able to make the return fixture or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's all it's just a pain in the backside for supporters. Yeah, which, is, which is well, Pete, is that you've got to think about like you know, it's some clubs are going to lose out of money. Like we've already heard from this season, we'll touch on this a little bit later. That Worthing are cancelling all their coaches for players and supporters for the rest of the season because they make a loss. That's a different subject. But a lot of clubs, they start the journey off, and they're already there, and they've lost a few hundred, maybe even up to four figures worth of budget that won't be covered when the restructure when the re refixture happens. So these things. We've already talked last week, didn't we, Trev and Chris, about like finances in football and non-league. You're seeing clubs that are on the brink. Again, yeah. another subject we'll talk about. Things like this don't help. So to really, you know, we've had so many talks about saving the non-league game. You know, we, we already know like up to the National League. I know for a fact if Worthing happened to win the playoffs or something this season went up, where they're sitting quite pretty at the moment, we'd struggle next season money-wise because you can't drink. But then you're adding these things into this as well, where clubs there was there four semi-professional clubs in the national league, Trev? I, don't uh, know. I think so, yeah. 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 And you know, they haven't got the amount of money that maybe a professional club has, which is still 
watching the Wrexham documentaries, you, you know, Wrexham currently where they sit lose a million pounds a year. If they go to League Two, they, they may make a million pounds a year. We're looking at all these mm -hmm. different different aspects of finances in non-league football. If this keeps on happening and there's no sort of structure put out by the Football Association, this could really, really start a thousand pound for a coach. What's that? That could be a couple of weeks' wages, a week's wage. You know, you know, you know, in some clubs that they're not going to be able to get back. Yeah. Thus, maybe they're going to have to release a player down the line when they're in the playoff run. Maybe then that you know the figures you've seen the crowds at games. Pete, we've seen it at Worthing. I think we had one Tuesday night match. Where we had four hundred fans, which okay, mm -hmm. still an all right number. But you know, normally when we're getting thousand to thousand five hundred, that's a massive drop in the takings. Yeah, we lost cold that night. <laughs> it was, and the result made it even colder, didn't it? I think. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the ones you missed? I think. No, no, I was at that one. No, yeah. Freezing, it freezing. Cold. Is that what caused the man flu? <laughs> yeah, it was well before Christmas that was wasn't it uh, no it was but I mean guys do, I mean just wrapping this sort of subject up do, do you think this is something the league might look into or do you think it's just going to be brushed under the carpet again when the weather falls a little bit uh, nothing will be done N nothing no. nothing it'll nothing. just be as it is um, yeah. on the flip side of that actually on, on Friday we were supposed to play FC United in Manchester on Saturday biggest biggest game of the season in terms of revenue because of the size of the crowd Um the pitch was playable at around 4pm on Friday by all accounts. So no, they were going to inspect, but they decided not to on Friday because it was playable at around 4pm. The forecast, the ground forecast for Friday night, early Saturday morning, wasn't expected to go anywhere. But it just it was about it was forecast to get to freezing, but no more. Um, it ended up being minus four. <laughs> so. Mm. For, you know, for the best will in the world, you can always get those, you know, um, situations as well where the night before the pitch is playable and then you get this unforecasted, un very heavy frost and it, it was rock hard again. So they yeah, had, they had yeah. to win. Look at the Liverpool-Chelsea women's game, mate. <laughs> yeah, Lumenek. Wow, wow. Slipping and sliding a bit, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. And this is a game that, you know, people obviously... We're not. This is not a women's football podcast, but you know that there's a lot of players have called out saying this is embarrassing. You are trying yeah. to attract. They're trying to attract the biggest players in the world to play in the WSL, and um, they're doing things like that because of FA regulations and stuff. Mm -hmm. Both managers Perhaps. didn't want to play. Perhaps TV as well, BBC. Mm. Mm. Yeah, putting pressure on them. It's a it's scheduled or the rest the game of it. On. So, yeah, Let's get the game on. But, can, no. I, can I just say as well? I yeah. think the last week has brought out the worst in people on social media. Again, when you it's see been... some of the comments... In what in what respect, sorry, Trevor? Over what? Like in particular? Just, over, just over the decisions. People have complained about it being called off on Friday instead of Saturday. People have been complaining when it was called off granted late on Saturday. I can get some of that. But Woken and Eastley have both moved their games against... Um, I can't remember who Woken at home to, but Eastley are at home to us to Barnet. And they've both moved games this week from Tuesday to Wednesday, which I appreciate is an inconvenience. You know, even only moving it 24 hours, I was going to go Tuesday. I'm now not going to go. Is that just for the weather? Yeah, just for the weather to give it an extra chance. But yeah. some of the comments coming out yeah. of people, you know, I appreciate it's an inconvenience, but I'm not being funny, but we've got a Barnet. We haven't got another midweek available date until the 13th of March. That's how bad our fixture congestion is at the moment. Should we win in the FA Trophy in two weeks' time as well? That's another Saturday game that moves to midweek. We've still got 
the Woking game to fit in from Saturday, the Yeovil game from last Tuesday. If we don't play Eastley this Wednesday, that's going to be looking at the end of March and we finish at the end of April. Just like mm. have a little think and like mm. actually, Patrick McManus, who's a um, manager down at Brockhurst in the Wessex League, tweeted this morning, everyone should respect the sensible decision. Time and money is precious. And he ain't wrong. Yeah. You know, some of the stuff Twitter, Twitter is Twitter in particular is becoming uh, an horrific place to be. Um, a lot of people, it, it, it's, it's awful, awful. Um, Facebook isn't so bad, but Twitter in particular is just, it's just vitriolic nastiness. Mm. Awful, awful. Yeah, but Chris, it's the thing they, they hide behind, they hide behind a keyboard. I don't. Yeah. I <laughs> can see who I am. <laughs> Yeah, well, Trev, Trev just goes that. up to them and nuts them at football ground. <laughs> Bush. Yeah, we I always tend to say that it, 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 on any podcast, whether it's this one, Mariners podcast, whichever one, I'm gonna if I'm gonna criticize, I'd like to think that I say things that I would still say to that person or that club's face. Yeah, and I would be confident with that. Mm. Um, some of the stuff is just, but. It's, Chris, as, we, as we've said on here before, and you know, Pete, I know sometimes you think I give them a bit more of a hard time than they are, but I'm quite critical about some of the decisions that have been made at Worthing over the past season. I know, Pete, you've been annoyed by some of the things they've done as well. But as Pete knows in the support association, mate, we do take it to them. They don't like yeah. hearing it, and you can tell how uncomfortable they are. Like they don't like, we've said on here before, they don't like that quite a lot of us now drink at a local social club rather than mm-hmm. the ground. And as I said, I think it was in the last episode, it's nothing to do with the club. I would support the club if I could. But at the end of the day, if I can buy a round for four of us, like it's often Pete, our friend Chris and Spencer. It's often four of us. And if we're buying a round, if we go to the social club, it's just about just over a tenner. But we go to the club and that's 20 quid. Yeah. You know, I'm not being funny in this day and age. No matter what you do, you've got to be a bit more frugal with your money. Yeah, and, at, least um, that, at least that's constructive criticism, though. It's not like yeah. having a go and calling someone an effing yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> because they put the price up of a beer. That's, that's, being, that's, that's taking it back to people in a sensible yeah. way in. You just you just look at what some people put and you yeah. think, would you really go up to a club official and actually say that? Yeah, no, 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 you, you wouldn't. You, you just Trev, wouldn't. Trev as well. The thing is, is I actually said to the bar manager at Wevin, I said, look, if you put a deal on, I'll be the first one at that bar and I promise you that and I will and I'll keep my word. You know, if you put a deal on, even if it was knocking a quid off, I would still go and have a beer before at the game just to go and support <laughs> the club in that respect. But they're still not doing anything. They keep saying they are, they will there will be James you Yes. Last meeting. Yeah, but they said this, Pete. They said this last year. Uh, it's taken like, it's something is being months, done. Yeah. Something is being done. It's good, and but it... is it too little, too late? Because I know from talking to quite a lot of the people, people are starting to. Re- it's going to be very hard <laughs> to them to claw back a lot of the people that you know they've lost out because of lack of decisions. But no, you know, so if they, if it's done if it's done properly, it's like it's like anything, isn't it? If it's mm. done properly, people people will come. And mm-hmm. I hope they do. I hope they do. They will. They will. I mean, look at what's going on at Barnet. We've had a really horrendous, rough couple of years. People have been treated like shit, to be honest. You mm. know, the team's been looking like shit on the pitch. Now it's all coming back together because people are listening. They're taking it on board and doing something about it. So, you know, it's really put in if it happens, but, you know, it, it can happen, yeah. is what I'm trying to say, James. Yeah, uh, and I hope it does because there's no one more than myself that you know. You know how much I love the club and everything like that. There's no one more that I'd like to you know be able to go back and think, yeah, actually, you know, well done, you've done something. But sometimes 
for me, it's a little too slow on things I could do. But hopefully, Peter, yeah, I wasn't at the last meeting due to work reasons, but hopefully something will be done soon. But uh, Trev, talking about Barnet, um, let's have a little update on the National League and Barnet. How are they doing? How are they doing? We haven't played very much. How are you doing for that <laughs> one game you played or something like that? How are they doing since? Uh, well, well, that was a trophy win. I don't think we've played other than that. Yeah, we beat Solio in the trophy. Got uh, Torquay or Taunton, which turned out to be mm-hmm. Torquay in the next round next month, which means we go Torquay twice in two consecutive Saturdays, which is lovely. And a spell of five away Ooh, games in a row. I hate when that happens. I'm Torquay bottom, struggling. Next year, next to bottom. Next Crazy to, how they've uh, fallen. Or, or a, couple of, a couple of spaces up. Um, but quite ironically, I think we play we play them two weeks running. Dorking play Maidstone two weeks running in the trophy and the FA Cup and I uh, sorry FA Trophy and I think it's South End and Eastleigh play each other as well, two weeks running. It's bizarre how the fixtures have worked out like that and then the cup draws come out exactly the same. It's probably the strangest thing ever going. Or it's just something like that. It, it, there's certainly three sets of clubs that play play each other twice in two weeks as well. But yeah, we haven't played up that. We had a friendly on Saturday on the three G against Hampton, which was just mainly getting some of the reserve boys rather than playing some minutes. Um, but yeah, like last week, last Tuesday, everyone all ready to go. Ended up with an hour or two in the in the gym upstairs instead of playing. How's our friend Marvin doing? Oh, he's the best, isn't he? <laughs> I, I knew you might say that. Yeah. Has he been playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been he's been uh, either either starting or he's been coming off the bench and whichever he does, he makes the impact. He's still again not not there for ninety minutes, and it doesn't help having that point where we keep breaking of games as well. Where we had it in December, where we didn't play for about two and a half weeks, and then now mm. we've not played. I think we played once in once since New Year's Day, I think something like that, or twice since New Year's Day include Borenwood as well so um yeah it's not um it's not easy to get momentum at the moment so but um yeah no he's doing and, he's doing more yeah, than fine yeah and this is a time of the season where you're sort of relying on your momentum that you've built up during a Christmas period by you know quick runner games get yeah. some points on the board and then build on that and carry that on for the rest of the season and no and every club's going to basically most clubs are just going to have to sort of start again aren't they with the amount of postponements we've had this season Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, we've got fixture congestion already and if we go even deeper into the FA Trophy, uh, we're the highest placed team left in the competition as well. So we expect and fancy ourselves to get, you know, most of the way through, if not to the final. Um, you know, and if we if we do, that adds another two or three games to the midweek schedule. So somewhere we're going to have a, a Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I can see it coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, calm down, calm down, Trev. You're never going to win the trophy. So, <laughs> they got more chance than we have, Pete. <laughs> I, I know, very, very true. That's more chance. I have to give, I have to give him some stick. I've got to give him a stick, and I got more chance. Oh, here, he, here he comes, wide boy. Like you know, talk about keyboard warriors. He's like not in person right now. He's kind of over Zoom, Zoom warriors right now. Yeah. Say it to his face, Pete. Say it to his face. Yeah, because Barnett should have been relegated the other season. Indeed, we won't go into that. Oh, here he goes. <laughs> We should have been promoted. We'd have been in national South, national league, mate, by now if we'd been promoted. You know, saved by COVID. Eh? Been like that. Um, it's been a, a quite an interesting and other parts of the national league, Trevor. We were, you were talking about Southend United and Scunthorpe United. They're both really on the brink. And as I said in the chat earlier, like you know, if they both get relegated, you know, Chris and me, Sunderland, Charlton supporters, we were playing them in League One only about three or four years ago. And having mm-hmm. quite good games against them. And there's chances if, obviously, we'll go on to South Shields in a bit. 
they get promoted, they'll be playing Scunthorpe. But Worthing stick in the National South. We'll be playing South End possibly if they're still around. Yeah, be there. But That's it's, question. It's, it's crazy. What, what? How has it gone so wrong? Just this mismanagement. As soon as you take your, your finger off the pulse and you, you don't manage properly off the field, you will come across. That's why, you know, um, a lot of clubs are where they are because they they make sure that every every I is dotted, every T is crossed. And you've got an owner who's perhaps playing games, just playing playing at football club ownership. As mm. soon as you've got that, you're asking for trouble, aren't you? Yeah, you need, you definitely need people who know what they're doing. You can't you Absolutely. can't just buy. They're just buying clubs as hobbies. Some of these owners. Yeah, I think it's just it's yeah it's just their little toy. Yeah, and 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 they, they don't care about the fan base or, or anything. Don't give a no. damn. And it's, it's just so unfair on supporters. Well, it's happened to Bury, as we know, and you yeah, know, they've been able to. They happened to Bury. Um, you know, is it yeah Macclesfield obviously, and you know they. As we said, the owner seems to have his heart behind it, but you know, is it their full time at mm. step four of the national league? That sort yeah. of national system. Um, Scunthorpe, is it twenty eight days they've been given by the HMRC? Yeah. Twenty eight days, yeah. and that was about a week ago now, wasn't no, it? No, you've got Southend have got forty two days, and Scunthorpe, which, is, which are which a week's nearly elapsed, so they're down to thirty five in this week. But there's no going on for Southend because they haven't got the money in forty two days. They will no longer exist. I was the same. I Scunthorpe. think they're, they're, was they similar. No, yeah. they're winding up order got adjourned, but the two guys that wanted to buy have pulled out. Now the only guy who's mm. shown an interest is Alan Hardy, who ran Notts County into the ground, which is why they're in the National League. So the most fine plan into the fire. Now, I've got an idea. Trev, you've been a football club secretary before. Mm. Chris Pete, we like football non league football. Premier Non League Podcast Enterprises Limited. <laughs> One pound. <laughs> Consortium. We can put the CEO next Tuesday into Scunthorpe if you wanted to, with Pete <laughs> in the board. <laughs> Going back to this, this change. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> the, the, no, these ownership models and everything. Obviously, the mm. FA have this. You've got to be a fit and proper person to own a football club. Apparently. Now we know that as as an always. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it's fell apart in the scenes quite a few times. <laughs> but when when these people, instead of just doing a fit and proper person check. Why don't they say to that person who's, who's looking to buy the club, right, can you show me your five-year model business plan? Yeah. Show me what you're going to do for the next five years, what, what you're going to put money, where you're going to invest it, et cetera. So they can look at that business model and they can go, right, well, that's not going to work. You need to change this, that, and the other. They've got experts in the FA, haven't they? I know we're trying to put a comedy night on at Werbin, but I didn't want you to be the headliner. Jesus. <laughs> But, but yeah, surely someone should be able to say to them, your five-year business plan, and if there's faults with it, they, they rectify it, but they make sure the club is going to be self-sustainable within within five years, you know, instead of people just buying it as a as a hobby or something like that. Because as I say, it's just unfair to the fans, to be honest. It'd be interesting to know how many years they do have to put forward. I bet it's probably not more than three, would be my guess. And it'd be quite easy to go, yeah, we can have the money from this. We plan to do this. We plan to do that. That's going to raise that. If you look at look at the statements coming out of South End from, from Ron Martin, you know the one before they went to court before this time, it was you know if we if we get this, then that covers that, and if we get promotion to this, that writes off one point four million of that. You know, it's it's just they're yeah. just recurring debt after but, debt. 
Yeah, but then then that is just wrong because you can't count on income from cup oh, competitions because you can get knocked that. out. Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't count on income from promotions. Say, oh, mm. oh, because we're scumfolk, because we're old and we we're going to get promoted this season. It, it football just does not work like that. No. So you've got to no. they've got to take a realistic point of view on these business plans and go right, you know. But we've got to look after the club. That's mm. first and foremost. Look after the club and the fans mm. before anything else. Before anything else is done, it can't be that bloody difficult, can it? No, I've got my swearing it on tonight, haven't I? <laughs> we're really, well, as I said, we really are taking it to the next level now that South uh, Radio Shields aren't uh, off from us. So you know, we really are. Um, it, it it generally it generally is like it, it's. I mean, I've luckily not never been in a situation where like the club I've supported since a kid or the you know the club that I was close to my heart hasn't really gone out of business. Trev, didn't I you have. say you were quite you were quite close to Maidstone, the original Maidstone, wasn't it? Uh, when yep. you were up in Kent as a youngster. Yeah. Uh, back about close. fifty years ago or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um what was that like? You know, what was it like to sort of, you know, see a club that you were dear to your heart just like fall away? Not easy because not only have they disappeared out of Maidstone and gone to Dartford there was no feasible plan to get back into the town without building a new stadium that came with all of the corporate stuff that people put around grounds now, like bowling alleys and retail parks and hotels and everything like that. But, um, you know, once you, once you sell your home, mortgage the family gold and silver and whatever else and the cutlery that's left in the drawer, um, you're basically left with not a pot to piss in, are you? Because you've literally yeah. used everything to pay wages, bills and debts and all sorts and um, I think as well back in back in the late 80s when you went into the Football League although sides played well because they were again an unknown quantity and sides again now go up and do very well so trying to sustain that when you're not playing in your own town as well just makes it that much more difficult and you know to restart again you ask, you ask an Aldershot fan Barry you asked Macclesfield recently you know to start all the way back down at the very bottom it's great because you actually feels like a club again and people come and watch you winning games. It's enjoyable, but, you know, you were a football league club. You were a football league club. That takes a long time to get. Most of them never got back there. The National League twice is as far as they've got. That's how difficult it is, mm. you know, to get back up again. So it's not what you want to see, a club disappearing mm. because it's a long, long journey back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
And Trevor, talking about Mason as well on the subject, um, Manchet Group, the sponsor of their shirt and one of the stands, have currently pulled out of uh, an investment. Sorry, Trevor, you look like you're having a seizure on the screen again. <laughs> it's gone a bit weird, isn't it, again? Wow. Yeah. Again, let me stop the video. So, that is strange. There we go. I'm back. Hey, hello. <laughs> right, he's he's had a, a, a finished having a seizure. Don't start that again. I had to deal with it on the, I was on that train up to United the other week and that woman had a epileptic fit and me being first aid train, I was like, brilliant. I'm only having a couple of beers on the train. I've now got to go and bloody do some first aid stuff. But anyway, Trevor's all right. Um Manchit group pulling out the investment. We read the statement. It's just mm. popped up this, this evening. Can't really work out what's going on, but you think it could be maybe over some sort of controlling stake or percentage of the club or something, do you think? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, it still sounds quite positive that they're staying to do whatever they're doing already, but I think sponsoring the main stand and the team as well, but not put anything extra. I think the interesting point I took from it, though, was they're still going to finance back in George Elakobi, who's a caretaker manager at the moment, to try and get themselves out of the relegation trouble. So I'll be interested to see how they're going to finance that without the extra investment that they were hoping to get from um, Alan Manchin. Yeah, it's um. Do you think? I mean, they're struggling in the national league. It's not going to go the same way as it did before, is it? Do you think? No, they've always, I think, sustained themselves. Um, I think they're one of the few clubs that's either got very minimal debt or they do actually turn a very small profit. But the problem, of course, if you jump up that one level, is competing with everyone else. And mm. as we've said before, all through the season, there's probably three or four tranches of wage budgets within that division. Um I have mm. made stone to finish fifth from bottom just just to stay up last year, but that was banking on the mm. part timers of Will Stone and Maidenhead falling through the door this year. And they don't look like they yeah. either of those sides are going to do it. So um they played more games than everyone else. They played twenty eight. No one else has played more than twenty seven. Um and they're firmly in that bottom four. So the sides around them start winning games. Um, and they're going to have a quick, swift return to the National League South. I wouldn't mind playing them again next season. I missed the game, the FA Trophy game, which apparently was, you know, the scoreline flattened them a little bit. You know, it'd be interesting to see if uh, who's going to be there next uh, next season. Still got a few games to go, but anyway, guys, can we get a little drum roll, please? No? No. Just me. <laughs> Chris, are yeah. South Shield's going to get promoted at the end of the season? Yes. Because you played like one game and that's it since we last spoke. Or have you even played yeah. a game since we last spoke? Yeah, played one game, <laughs> lost one nil. Um, oh, but you're still positive. Yeah, it was just a scruffy game. Um, very, very windy, bad uh, rain, bad pitch. Um, and it was a scruffy game, nil nil all over it. And then they got a penalty, a scruffy penalty. And, and that was it. We, we missed a couple of chances, but neither side. We're really good on the day, um, but um, definitely, definitely going to get promoted. There's a, no doubt in my mind. But the, what what uh, marred the day, the away day at Geisley, um, was the fact that um, our supporters coach got bricked by some mm. of the local Geisley boo boys after the game. You said um, Pause you there, Chris, one, a second. Was Geisley the one that peed in the bottle? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And there's also been, I believe, some racism involved somewhere this season. Um, the team bus, the Shields team bus, needed a, a police escort away from the ground. 
um, because those those young lads were ready with their bricks again. Um, Geisley say they're not supporters, um, but they were in the ground. So what are they? <laughs> they're not. Mm. Um, so, um, but no, Shields are going to get promoted. We've just, um, signed signed a, a new midfielder today. You're like um, yeah, yeah, Adi, Adi, whoa. They're always <laughs> yeah. the ones with the hard names to pronounce, aren't they? Yeah. Well, it's well, quite, Pete, it's Pete has to pronounce it. What it's is it, Pete? Easy. It's quite easy. It's quite easy. Come on, Pete. Say it. Um, oh, no. I know, it's, it's that easy. He's got to remember. Trying to find it. And you've got, you've got, you finally got rid of Hooper. Adi Shikumbi. Shikumbi. Adi Shikumbi. Yeah, we find. So we've signed Adi Shikumbi. We've finally got rid of Hooper. Where did he go? Gloucester. Welcome to Gloucester. Mm. But it needed a payoff. We needed to buy him out of his kind of well, not buy him out of his contract. We made him an offer to um, to mutually t- agree to terminate his contract. Um, just a completely morally um, vacuous individual. Um, just nothing there. Just awful individual. How he has literally stolen a living out of football. Um, just stolen a living. He's got so much ability, and when he wants to play, he can play. Um, but we're well shot, so we're shot of them all now. We've got rid of Cedric Main, we've got rid of JJ Hooper, we've got rid of Tumba Masanka. Sadly, we've lost Connor Newton. Well, temporarily, uh, we've lost uh, Callum Ross, who has decided to, to just play part time football. Um, but we've signed Addy today, which is a great boost for us because we're, we're just a little bit short in midfield, so that that really does boost us. And Pete, you said um, quite a handful. Yeah, he came Boxing Day. He came on a sub against us, and um, when I saw him, I thought, why wasn't he starting? <laughs> because yeah. he was he was a bit of a pain in the backside for our defence. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's a, he's a big, big, strong lad. Um, yeah. 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 I think. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously. Good. Comparing, um, well, obviously he's he's going down a step to to yourself. Yes. Don't disrespect. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but yeah, not for long. long. Think, but not for long. No, not for oh, long. Oh, here he goes. Big man talk. I definitely, I definitely think Chris with this this big man talk. I think next week Premier Only podcast special. Hooper May one on one. <laughs> Why do you steal a living? <laughs> yeah, the thing, but the thing is that I would say that to his face. I really would. And he, Have you had the and, opportunity to ever? But the, the, no, no. But the problem with him, he, he wouldn't be bothered. Nothing like that bothers him. He's he, he's complete. He's he's like Teflon. You know, nothing sticks. Um, I, I I was told the other day. You know, just there's just there was just there's just no moral compass there. Nothing. And he really has stolen a living. He's now 27, 28 years of age, 29, whatever he is. He's stolen a living. Now it's Gloucester City's turn to see what happens there. Um, yeah, you, you'll turn it around. He'll be smashing the goals in and driving up the league now. You can see it. But he did that for us. You know, he got ten, he got 11 goals in 22 appearances, you know. But four of them were in one game. In fact, I think seven came in three games. Seven of the 11 came in three games. So when he wants to, he can mm. really turn it on. Yeah, mm. no, you're not wrong. If you look at his other, if you look at his mate, Main, who's at Blythe, 
he's gone to Blythe. He's got four goals in an FA Trophy tie to look good, but he hasn't got a league goal yet. And and you just think, well, if clubs are prepared to to, to shell money out on these people, good luck. Shields were bitten on the arse last year and they've learned a very valuable lesson and they won't be doing that again. Mm. Um, and the, the, we get, you know, we, we've signed Jordi Mongoy recently. Um, a, a lot has to... Um, Joe Monk's our new... He's, he's not just head of recruitment, but he's, he's a lot more than that. But he's done a great job. He's he's he's, he's done a great job with recruitment since the summer. Um, he hasn't brought any, any bad eggs in. And just, mm. just listening to Addy's interview today, it was just complete chalk and cheese compared to the likes of Hooper and Maine last year. Just mm. clearly, visibly excited about being at Shields, which is great, what you want to see. Yeah, exactly. Now, Chris, um, it's been announced this week by your chairman, Jeff Thompson, who I know you've said before you've had your differences about. I know he has a bit of a hoo yeah, last yeah. season. Uh, yeah. Announced a three-year freeze on season ticket prices, and it's sort of started quite a talking point. Yeah, well, it's a three why, year why is this? Okay, so it's a three-year freeze only if you can pay up front. So it, it, there's no, you can't pay over three years or whatever. Okay, You've got to pay oh, okay. So, and, and also, it's not just, not just going to be the season ticket holders. The offer is going to be made to sponsors. So whether you are a um, a, a, a board sponsor, you have a, an executive box, whatever sponsorship deal you have, you're going to be offered it over three years, but in a in a one-off payment to be paid before March of thirty-first. What it is, there's a there's going to they will there is going to be a slight cash flow problem at the club in the sense that there are only eight home games left, and the club's financial year end is June the thirtieth. Obviously, there's no football at all from April, so in order to save Jeff Thompson from having to shell out another five or six figure sum at the end of the season to kind of break even. They're looking to, to fill that void. Um only for this year because in September the club are opening a new international academy. Okay. So they are going to be welcoming 50 students from mainly America, but around the world, um, to um embark upon a a two or three year scholarship, stroke, degree, stroke, whatever, in conjunction with Sunderland University. So the the the, the income that will bring will allow the club to break even. It's, it is the game changer. So um, it's purely to cover the costs. The costs until the end of June. So how um, much how much is a year's season ticket at Shields? Um, I pay monthly, so uh, standing, um, two hundred. Uh, it was I think it worked out at ten. I'm say two hundred and ten for an adult standing, because uh, it worked out at about ten pounds. just over ten pounds a game, and it's obviously it's twelve pounds if you're a non-season ticket holder. Um, seated season tickets are obviously more, but for me, um. It would work out at something like six hundred and fifty quid for three years, which is st- and, and, and that's going to be frozen obviously at Northern Premier League prices. So if you know if Shields go up, even next season you're going to be paying Northern Premier League price for National League football. So it is a good offer. Yeah, it could be um, a value for a lot of fans. Yeah, I 
can't afford that at the moment, but I'll see what happens between now and March. Um, I, I will do because I've I've got my son. You mean as Mariners podcast host and commentary, they can't like help you out, little favour. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm no. not joking. But like you no, know, you I... do you do stuff for the club. You're the well, chairman. <laughs> well, um, we get our we get our transport paid for when we go and do live games and stuff. So we we get a bit back. Um, but at the end of the day. Pete's managed to blag a whole free match day experience now, haven't you, Pete? <laughs> After all your commentary, <laughs> pretty much. But, but um, there was a lot of people tips. out there. There'll be a lot of people out there questioning, oh, yeah, cash flow problem with Shields. Cash flow problem with Shields. It's all falling in. It's all coming in. And it's easy for people to think that, but um, but there, but there genuinely, genuinely will be a cash flow problem between April and July because of the fact that there are no there's no football. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, the same, that's the same for any club, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Year, and and you know? it, but because they're a full time club, where normally if you're part time, your players are paid till the end of the season. South Shields players full time, you've got to be paid throughout the oh, year. Yeah. So mm. the, 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 yeah, it's one of those, you know, it's it's a learning curve. Um, I still believe in heart of hearts that it, it was early to go. Yeah, you said that all along. Yeah, but the decision was made, and we are where we are. But the the new academy, which will take fifty students with a pro, with a, a view to be, I think, trebling, possibly quadrupling that at some stage, that is the game changer. That will because then, of course, the students will be so the university will be utilizing the artificial pitch every afternoon, paying the club for it. So they'll be paying for the coaching and everything. So it's, it's a it's a game changer in terms of in, in, income, so it's purely to, it's purely to cover between April and and, Ju- and end of June. That's all. Right, Chris. When this new academy comes into that, are you going to have to do a few language courses and have your podcast translated into Chinese <laughs> and Swedish and Portuguese? Niha, niha, Hawaii, man. I'd like, well, I'd like to think the Americans would be able to understand our brand of English, and <laughs> um, if the Scandinav- Scandinavians are normally better English than us. So just go to IKEA and start translating stuff. Eh? <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, obviously it, it, it's opened a few eyes and raised a few eyebrows, and understandably so. People now yeah. questioning things. But um, if they look at that keyboard stuff, you were saying. Yeah, but you've got to understand the, the context. And I did an interview with Jeff before the announcement was made, and we put it out as a as a podcast special. It's only eighteen to twenty minutes long. Um, but it, Jeff gives the full context of it all, but a lot of supporters haven't listened to it and they've just mm. seen it and thought, oh, here we go. Do, 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 do. But if, if they listen to it, you get the right kind of context. It's not ideal, of course. It's not something you want to hear. But of course, Newcastle did something similar. You know, Ronnie took out a, a three or four year deal with his ticket at Newcastle. And not because they were in financial difficulty, it was just an offer that was made and they took it up. Mm. Clubs do it. That's fair play. That's fair play. Well, it'd be interesting to see uh, how that pans out for the club, and you know what what yeah. what the uptake will be. Pete, do you know anything from Worthing in terms of like the half season ticket? I mean, I haven't had a chance. So, do you know how many people took it up? Have you heard? Not many. That's no. all I heard. <laughs> I don't think. Again, it was one of those things that weren't promoted that greatly. Yeah, by but the I don't think, think half season half season tickets don't work that much anyway. No, I think they do. I think they do. They allowed. They allowed me to buy that, buy one for my son, who does pointless getting him a season ticket because of his cricket commitments. But 
um, I, can, I could get him a half-season ticket where you'd only miss one game. So right. it worked out good. I, I'm not sure on the uptake of Shields, but it was well advertised. We did a few events, special events in the lead-up to Christmas, special special Friday deals where fans could go in and buy a, a, mad, a special bag full of goodies for 25 quid. I did. Um, and in one of those bags was a season ticket. And, and really? I got... I got a voucher. I got a voucher for so for three games. I got twenty five percent off all my food and drink. So, um, it, you know, the 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 club does a lot of things that a lot of clubs don't. We're ahead of the game in some respects. We we just need to get out of this flipping league. Mm-hmm. Talk about getting out of this flipping league. You need to take advantage from that red team down south, Pete. Mr. Worcester Worthing for one one game this month, the Eastbourne Borough game, your first game back for a while. It was quite a fun time, wasn't it? It's it was a good, good game. game. Very good game. Good representation of Sussex football. We came away the victors. It was quite tense a couple of times, but I think we were comfortable in the end, don't you? In the end, not for the first 38 minutes. No. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, just one, one good incisive move and Shot well saved, went for a corner. Um, I can't remember their goalie's name, name now. Worgen. Worgen. Um, yeah, pulled off a couple of worldies in that game. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, and after after we scored, we controlled it, which was totally the opposite before. So it's just one of those. I like the setup down there at Langley Sports Grounds. I like I like the setups. I know Trevor, you've been down there quite a lot of times, and I quite like the setup with the big clubhouse. And you know, it's a nice little non-league ground. I don't like that little stand behind the goal. Pete, I know you were commentating in the stand at the side, but stand behind the goal, Trevor. You know, nearest to the clubhouse, and it's quite a weird viewing angle with yeah, the netting, yeah. and then you're yeah. underneath that sort of like VIP area sort of thing. They charge you twenty five quid to go and watch, but you still have to pay for all your drinks, which is quite weird. Was it? I don't know. I've never. Yeah, twenty five quid to get into the Legends VIP, Bar, yeah. and you don't get any free drinks. You just basically get a stand in, in a sort of like converted porter cabin above the goal, which is still blocked by a net. I was I was reading when was it? A couple of days ago, I think it was. Um, uh, yeah, Danny Bloor was on the the um, non league show, and um, they were saying he was saying on there about how important it's been to them though to have a lot of the older players and older managers you know, as an influence still around the club, taking it into the community and, and stuff like that. They do they do a lot of good stuff at Eastbourne, you know, within the community and did did us, you know, during the COVID times as well, especially when people couldn't come and watch, you know, phoning supporters, putting on Zoom meetings and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's a nice little you like say it's and it is a nice little club down there. Mm. It's um it was quite good though because I know um I know people people say but um Hinch Hinch really, Hinch isn't the biggest fan of Danny Flores so he was quite glad to get his uh get a win because we've won one draw one lost one three times we played in this season um so he was very happy celebrating with fans at the end Pete riding on the pitch with his bloody microphone being a Pete as per usual <laughs> got, the in- got, got the interview with Mister Hinch all the day didn't I. Yeah, but you, you, do it, you do it for your a... bloody live stuff. You should do it for the podcast, mate. Be, be, being a broadcaster, it's what you want to oh, do. Being a broadcaster, want, want live, give, me a give me a break. Give me a break. Being a broadcaster. Straight after the game. This is, the pitch, sorry, sorry. So, manager. Pete, 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 when Worthing won the league the last year. Pete, when Worthing won the league last year, last season, what, what happened to the laptop? What happened to all the, the commentary you did? You lost it. <laughs> yeah, all right. 
<laughs> the, pe- the, pe- the people who listen to it, it the people who are listening live heard i think it, i had, so. at least i had my instagram live video of that but um no d- joking aside it's um we seem to have sort of come out of our run of form but it's like what trevor was saying like not being out not playing many matches you know you don't it's almost like starting again what are we gonna if we play this weekend if the game's on what what's gonna happen you know what 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 are we gonna are we gonna start on fire are the players taking their eyes but it's gonna be quite hard because who have we got this weekend pete coming up Dartford. Oh. Bloody hell. Like, what a oh. game. Come on, Jamal Oza. Shut we, it, we, yeah. be, we beat him at their place. We beat him at their yeah, place. Yeah, but that was before. That was well early in the season, wasn't it? Before they got momentum going. But then yeah. again, it could for them. As their momentum stopped, they were doing very well. Can You know, all it takes is a couple of games to stop and the momentum goes. I mean, it, I mean, if that if, if we end up getting anything out of that Dartford game, that's going to be anything, that's going to be a massive game for us. Like you know, that really, I think, if we get a point from that game, I, I generally think now, I think if that could be the turning point of our season, and I'll put it out there first, I think we'll end up finishing in the playoff places. I generally do. Turning point of our season. Well, well, Trev, we're, yeah, but we're at that, we're at that, um, Pete, we're at that point now where you know you're at you're at a point of a season where. Things could go south quite quickly or could be good. But, you know, you play, you you, you possibly beat one of the top... We beat Haven't. We lost to Ebsfleet. You, we yeah, beat but I think, are, we, are we five unbeaten at the moment? Five, six unbeaten? No, I'm not that, that many. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you are, but, yeah. Yeah but, yeah, but you say that, you think, if we... if we, I say turning point, because if we if we get anything out of the Dartford game, who are right up there, I think they're top at the moment. Mm, I think that's a... Nothing went back. They back well, they're yo yoing between the two, aren't they? I think that could be a turn point. That's cement, that's a statement. You get anything against that team, that's a statement. Do you not agree? Yeah, absolute top. Yeah, absolutely back at the top. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're 11 think... points behind them. Yeah. So, you don't think, Pete, you don't think that if you if Worthing get anything from that game against Stafford, that's a statement, that's a turning point. That could be like, yeah, it's gonna be a tough our, one. Our, our thing in the playoff zone. And I think you get anything from that game. And I'll say it now. I generally think we'd end up we finish the season in the playoffs, whether that's the eliminators or the actual second round of the playoffs. Who knows? I think I think we'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I do. I do. But I yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see the yeah. club run, running around pooing themselves because they realise, oh crap, we got to get this track ground into a national league standard ground within a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got to do improvements to be yeah, part, uh, to to partake yeah. in the playoffs if we make yeah, it. So, so we got they've got some planning to do, and you know they, the the club are probably getting squeaky bum time now. <laughs> so like, we don't, well, I did by say March, that to, isn't it? I think it's by March, isn't it? March, you've got end of March. Yeah. yeah. And I know they said like things like where some of the terraces are, they can put temporary seating up and they're they're installing some new seats soon and all that lot. But it's um it's interesting. And you know, I don't think anyone well, I knew we'd do well, but I mean, Pete, as we've said many times, if you said to us this time last year when we were recording the podcast, as I said, probably episode 33 or something, I mistakenly said earlier or something like mm-hmm. that. If I had said we were fourth or fifth wherever we are in the National League South at the moment this time next year, I would have bitten your arm off. Mm. It still it still mm. amazes me that people moan. Pete, do they moan? Do they moan? No, yeah, What on the chat and stuff? Or yeah, see, see, see comments all the time, even even on Twitter and stuff, and it's just like 
get a grip. <laughs> you know, people writing, you know, if we've lost at home and then you see some of the comments, oh, we just weren't at it today, blah, blah, blah. And you know, like, look at where we are and where yeah, we're but from. Yeah, but I think I think to be fair to people, when we just went out, we, there have been times of season, I've said it, we haven't performed. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I would take it any day of the week, but you can still be critical of a team and the way they perform. It doesn't matter where they are because sometimes they, did, they didn't play like they should do. You know, it's just a... I, yeah, I, I agree. In some things, people moaning say we should be higher. No, not at all. But like some of the performances, like any team, you get frustrated, and it's just the way of being a football fan. Massive learning curve, though, isn't it? Every single game. Yeah, Every huge. Game, you know. And we don't want to do too well because then Hinch will probably be snapped up by someone else. But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem we've got. Anyway, um, one of the big things that came out this past week at Worthing um is that the club have stopped doing coaches for fans and players state in the fact they make a loss on it now I'm not quite sure as I've said in our chat during the week I know what our supporters club chairman said you know if the club had batch booked a load throughout the beginning of the season which they didn't do because they took it in-house when he did it before there wouldn't have been as much a problem whether that's true or not but is it to expect players to drive to all the games you know is it going to then put pressure on the team where they could be relaxing the coach I think the club should maybe really have thought this out before. And is this down to the fact the general manager of the club hasn't organised it properly? Is it the fact that, you know, the club were lazy on it? And, you know, because there was never a problem before. Chris? Yeah. yeah, um, I've no problem at all with the club stopping support as coaches because our our coaches that we travel on have nothing to do with the club. So the supporters, the members of the Supporters Alliance run the buses and run them very, very well. Um, I, w- I, I do though have a problem with the fact that you're going to have players perhaps driving two and a half, three hours to a game. That's asking for trouble. That's when you'll start, you might not finish in the playoffs. You've got players driving for for that amount of time. The concentration levels needed to drive two, three hours. Um, you've got a problem there, in my view. Those coaches, players, coaches, that... No, it, for someone looking in from the outside, if a club has stopped providing a coach for the players, I would say you've got financial problems. Um, it's a that would be a worry, and I, I know you you know more than me, and 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 it might you know, but to, to, to expect players in the National League South to drive to games is a bit of a worry from an outsider looking in anyway. Has that a coach to every? Single away game you play. Not everyone. Some Not of the everyone. local ones they don't do, but yeah. most, most, I'd say about seventy-five percent of the games, eight percent of the games. How far, how far going out would you say would they have, would they have got the players to drive? Um, like maybe games like Hampton, the sort of London games. Dulwich. Uh, Dulwich, I think possibly there wasn't yeah. a coach. Dulwich definitely wasn't a coach. Haven't, haven't, haven't. You'd expect yeah, in Eastbourne, yeah. That's that's that is standard. But this is something that should have been budgeted and sorted yeah. at the beginning of the season. Yeah, like yeah. there should have been a sponsorship agreement put in place with Worthing coaches, who I think there have been before. But apparently, Gary, who's the supporters club chairman, and he said he said it he said it in the sort of support association meetings that he said that at the beginning of the season, because he used to organise it himself, he said all you needed to do, what you used to do, is block book, uh, sort of say these are all our fixtures. Let's reserve them now. But apparently the club acted too late. And they, by the time they bothered, they were doing it week in, week out. There wasn't any coaches available. Yeah. I think a couple of the games, they were using providers from Hampshire because they literally couldn't get them. So what's going on? It's just... So Shields Shields players drive to two away games, which are Mask and Morpeth. Um, 
And um, everything else, obviously, because of the way we are, it's coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you. Some, a lot of your games are in a bit, maybe it's a closer vicinity, but still, even if it's an hour and a half to expect yeah. a, fo- a semi-professional footballer playing in National League, so two two steps from mm-hmm. the Football League. Yeah. That's a concern. I mean, I think I think it's one of those things because we haven't had any games. It'll be one of those things that maybe we'll find some more information out this weekend if the game goes yeah. ahead, which it should do mm-hmm. against Dartford, no matter the weather because of the 3G pitch. It'll be something that maybe we can touch on in the next episode because um, it is interesting. And, you know, I will pose that question. What, 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 you know, is this not going to cause fatigue if you're expecting the players yeah. to go? And, you know, if we want to push for playoffs... You know, this is not something that you should be expecting, but you know, it's not it's not fair to speculate when we haven't actually had the chance to speak to someone and the reason behind it. And maybe we don't know, maybe there's gonna be a pool of a minibus or something that they'll do themselves. But I know our sports association have sorted out minibus, but it's for the fans and the fans only, not the players. So who knows? But um anyway, moving away from Worthing, it'll be we haven't had much football, it'd be good to see as we can a big test against Dover to see the standard and where we can expect to do. Um just before we start wrapping up the podcast, a couple of things touch on frustratingly another racism event in the Slough versus Dulwich game uh Trev was there much said out about that just a statement from Dulwich Hamlet and Slough investigating it I saw the statement from Slough I didn't see one from Dulwich but I'd imagine one came out as well but yeah um, did you have to uh, witnesses to what happened apparently Mm. yeah so it sounds like it was actually witnessed Mm. yeah it just needs to stop um Hopefully, I know I've, I've I've got to the point now where, to, to be honest, I don't think this this trouble trouble in grounds and the racism uh, instance of homophobia the other week. Uh, there's just there's what, just the idiots. There's yeah, there's just idiots in life, and I don't think we're yeah. ever going to we're never going to get no. rid of it. You're never going to eradicate it. It's no. never going to go, is it? No, I'll no, give up. No. I'll give up moaning about it now. It's like, yeah, it's very, very... Let the authorities deal with them if they get caught. We'd um... like, we'd like to think this is the last time we'll mention it this season of the Premier Non-League podcast, but I can guarantee you it won't be or any sort of behaviour yeah. issue, especially coming towards the end of the season when they get to the business end of things. Because we saw it in the playoffs yeah. last year for a lot of the leagues and everything like that behaviour at places like um, Hayes and Yedding, um, Farnborough. You know, there, there was all this thing. There's hopefully you'd like to. It's never going to be sadly stepped out, but you know. You almost don't want to give any airtime to the idiots, but you know, sadly, you've got to bring up these things when we do a podcast on non-league football and something's been done. Um, talk about sad news: Tunbridge Wells um, tragically had a fire in their clubhouse um, this past week. Um, awful, especially when we talk about a time when money is tight and you know, clubs and a nice a clubhouse which raises so much money for a team and a club of um, up in up literally up in flames and. Uh, there is a crowdfunder going on for it. So if you want to search it, I think I retweeted it on the at the PNLP Twitter this week. But it's awful. Trev, you you know that club quite well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, my brother played there. My dad did program and a few other bits and pieces uh, club shop over the years until he died. Was it an old building? Was it like the one that burnt down? Was it quite old? Or, I mean, it's not... Quite, it's been up quite a while, but they did a load of work over the summer, redoing the floor, the bar, making the bar bigger and everything like that. Um it's 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 one of those things, but came at the end of end of a week where one of their supporters, Nigel Knight, lost his lost his life sadly, um, being hit by a van on his way out from the game from the Saturday prior to the fire. So they had a really really bad week, but um, I say luckily, um, 
the team went out Saturday after and thumped well in town 4-0 away from home, which I think was everything that they, they wanted. They had to postpone last Tuesday's home game against Eric and Belvedere, who are the league leaders. Um, and obviously Saturday's game was called off of a frozen pitch against Canterbury. But um, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely little club. They've had their, had their little moment of, of Wembley sunshine 10 years ago this oh. year, as it is as well. But they average average around about 350 for a home game at step five. So they you know, really should be playing at least Ishmian, Ishmian, you know, southeast step four level. And hopefully um, the crowdfunder raises some um, money mm. for the clubhouse because, you know, I mean, we did talk and, you know, Trev, you mentioned when you were at the Lancing game, they've started doing a crowdfunder then to help um, help with the rebuild. I mean, at the moment, Tunbridge Wells FC, they've only raised 767 quid out of a £10,000 target. If anyone's listening to this podcast, just search Tunbridge Wells FC crowdfunder on Google. It is in the Twitter. And just donate what you can. I know times are hard, but, you know, help a non-league club. If you can spare a couple, of, even a couple of quid, price of a pint, have one less pint this weekend or something, just chuck a fiver on it or something like that. If you can do it, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Pete, obviously, he's in shock there. I mean, he can't go without his beer. Um <laughs> It's just tragic. And, you know, Lansing obviously using the money to act. We had last week episode, who, what club was it again we were saying that were looking at crowdfunding? Oh, was it Nuneaton? Nuneaton Borough, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think someone yeah, up in Midlands area and they were sort of... Yeah. Really... But um, I think one last thing to leave it on, guys, as we wrap this up is um, Alsford Town Council are trying to evict <laughs> their own football club from... What is that about? Since the eighteen hundreds, I think. As and well. they, what is it? Housing? They want to build on it or something? Probably more than or something like that. But crazy, isn't it? They're Absolutely. trying to kick their own team out from the town. And it, you know, even at step five, as was shown with Tunbridge Wells, you know, massive assets to the community. South Shields, Worthing, Barnet, not quite so much because we're not in Barnet, but <laughs> every, every football club's got a history, and most of them are very, very long histories as well. Been around yeah. London. After people on the town council committee, oh, that's as well. pathetic. They need to get a grip. But don't don't forget, not ten years ago, a slightly different scenario, but it wasn't the council owned ground. But not ten years ago, South Shields having to play twenty five miles away in Peter Lee. So it's it yeah, uh, yeah sad. On the flip side of that, just before we go, good news elsewhere in non league. I've I've seen um, news that Droylsden. Uh, may well be making a comeback, which will be great for non-league football. Mm. Royalston have a very rich history, former National League club back in the day. Um, Looks like they may well be on the way back, which will be great news because it's a great great club. I I, I went there with South Shields a few years ago. Lovely club, a a really decent ground as well. Um, So that, that, on the flip side of bad news, we've had good news there, which is great to hear. Yeah, that's always good. It's always good, Chris. Um, and, and anything else, guys, before we wrap up this broadcast of episode 43? Pete, you haven't been on for donkeys, so have you got any Pete's Corner or something like that, whatever it's called? No. No, you've got no shout-outs. You've had a few weeks to think of some. Bloody hell. Yeah. Bloody uh, Chris, hell, Chris has just done the main one. Oh, there we go. Uh, see, Chris, he's trying to rain on your parade there. Do you know what I mean? He's trying, he's trying to take it over. That's fine. Um, guys, it's, um, it's been another great episode. Thank you so much for um all the chat and... Good last we had this episode. As per usual, follow us on the Premier Nonly Podcast, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at the PNLP. Um, 
we did try and get there, as we said on the last one. We tried to get to 1,000 followers by Christmas. We were just short, I think. Let me see, as we record now on the Monday night, where we are at. We are actually at... 892? Yes, 892. So we need 108 more followers. Come on. We've got two weeks to our next broadcast. So just share, follow, pass it on. Pass the pod, as Peter Crouch would say. Um, and let us uh, get those followers. As I said, if you like the podcast, please do share. We have got some loyal listeners that always comment. We appreciate your comments, so thank you very much. Just share the podcast. Give it a listen. Tell a friend about it. Tell a non-league friend. Next time you're at game on Saturday when this comes out on the Friday night, tell someone. Listen to the Premier League podcast. We sponsor you guys at Horsham. Hopefully some news about some Horsham live event might be coming soon if they get their bum into gear, Trev. But we, uh, we'll wait and see. But anyway, from us all at the Premier League podcast, myself, James, Trev, Pete and Chris, good night from us all, guys. Good night. Good night. seeing you. Good night. Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.